Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that is ready for the end of January and is bracing for Black History Month. <laughs> Jeez, so much trolling goes on in Black History Month these days. My goodness. I'm Imani Gandhi, editor at large for Rewire News Group. And I'm Jess Piccolo, Rewire News Group's executive editor. Rewire News Group is the one and only home for expert repro journalism that inspires you to Thank an abortion provider. And the Boom Lawyered podcast is part of that mission. So big thanks to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners and viewers. In 2021 at Rewire News Group, we bookmark our publishing season with two special editions, right? <laughs> our first edition that year was all about medication abortion being the future of abortion access. Our last edition that year was called The Gathering Storm, and it dealt with the criminalization of pregnancy as this storm gathering off the horizon, just waiting to unleash on us. Well, it's 2023, and that gathering storm is here. We are at the intersection of the criminalization of pregnancy and the future of abortion access. And that's not a coincidence. So that's what we're going to talk about today. As more and more people turn to medication abortions, more and more aunties are going to try to find ways to criminalize the use of medication abortion. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. So first, let's talk a little bit about why is medication abortion so great? What's the big deal with medication abortion? Everyone's talking about it. It's so great. Future of abortion access. Why? Because it's safe and effective. It is safe and effective. It works. That's why they hate it. It allows people to manage their abortions at home if they want to. It's really not any more complicated than that. But let's get into some of the mechanics a little bit, all right? So medication abortion relies on two drugs, mifepristone and mesoprostol. And Listeners and viewers, Amani always makes me say the drugs. Always. He's good at it. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Those are the two magic drugs to terminate a pregnancy. So here's how it works. The pregnant <laughs> person first takes a dose of mifeprestone, which blocks progestin receptors and stops the pregnancy from continuing to develop. You wait 24 to 48 hours and you take a second dose of misoprostol that causes the uterus to contract and empty itself, you're done, all right? Bing, so, bang, boom. Bingo, bango, <laughs> pregnancy's done. <laughs> bingo, Basically that's simple. Now a Guttmacher report shows that more than half of the abortions in 2021 were medication abortions, all right? Makes sense, folks happen early in pregnancy. The thing is that number is going to likely increase as well thanks to the Biden administration making abortion pills available at retail pharmacies in 2022 and eliminating the need for in-person clinic visits in 2021, both very important developments at the federal level. And this is why anti-choicers have been fear-mongering about, about medication abortion yep. so much lately, right? They have filed a lawsuit challenging the FDA rules regarding the safety of abortion pills, challenging the FDA protocols mm -hmm. regarding medication abortion. The FDA approved medication abortion in 2000. Since then, it has proven to be nothing but safe and effective. Nothing 
but safe Nothing. and effective. But here comes a coalition of ding-dongs led by Alliance Defending Freedom, head ding-dong in charge. Who is literally just <laughs> going to call them the head ding-dong. <laughs> the HDIC. <laughs> making wild claims about how unsafe medication abortion is, right? They're making yep. these, these claims, of course, in a case sitting before Matt Kazmarak, of course, this Trump judge. He's the new, what's the other guy? The Reed O'Connor. Reed O'Connor, right? He's the young Reed O'Connor. He's the guy that conservatives are going to in the Northern District of Texas, in Amarillo, Texas, filing these lawsuits, these broad lawsuits, seeking to impose injunctions on things like medication abortion yep. or, you know, the ACA, DACA back a few years ago. They want to go and file lawsuits in this court so that they can implement nationwide injunctions, right? So that if they can get an injunction banning the use of medication abortion on the grounds that it's unsafe, that means in states that are abortion friendly, like California and Vermont and Michigan, which just put in all of these great protections for mm -hmm. uh, for abortion rights, a medication abortion will be banned in those states, too. Anyway, we're going to talk more about that case in an upcoming yeah. episode because it's really important. But I just want you to put a pin in it and just know in the back of your mind that it's there. Also, you should know that the plaintiff in that case, Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, would it, would it shock you to learn that they just sprung out of nowhere recently? They don't have any offices. They don't even have a working website that has any information on it. It's just, again, a coalition of ding-dongs backed by dark money. Their goal is to undermine the usage of medication abortion because they know so many people are going to be using it going forward. Huh. Weird. I mean- Look, totally. put it this way. They want to fear monger about medication abortion and make it seem like taking medication abortion is the same as using crystal meth. Absolutely. I mean, that's what they it, want to do across the board. Look at I mean, look at the way they describe it. Right. It's not medication abortion. It's chemical abortion. It's Clorox abortion. Right. Like <laughs> Drano abortion. Truly, it is. It is so bad. And we know that this is absolutely the front, the next the next front for the anti-choice movement, because once again, they have told us. So 40 days for life, you know, the group that is out there protesting, you know, in the month of January right now has said, hey, in response to the Biden administration relaxing some of these FDA regulations around accessing medication, abortion, and pharmacies, we are going to take our protests to the pharmacies. So coming soon to a Walgreens or a CVS near you is going to be a bunch of fetus porn. Great. You, you know what? Go for it. Go, go and protest every brick and mortar CVS, every brick and mortar Walgreens. Just get out there, get away from the clinics and go protest big corporations. Like who gives a shit? I don't care. It's uh, so annoying. So here's the, the second thing we're going to talk about. And this is going to be a doozy because Alabama the attorney general's office is freaking off the chain right now. So the Alabama attorney general yep. through its, through his spokesperson is threatening to use drug laws to take down medication abortion, essentially. This is such a mess. All right. So mess. Alabama has banned abortion. It's yes. there's there's no abortion in Alabama right now. All right. And that ban has been in effect since the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade in the Dobbs opinion on June 24th, 2022. The day that, that we live in infamy. <laughs> truly. Like it's it's bad. We gotta. More on that later. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> but here's the thing, Amani. So Alabama, big surprise that they banned abortion right away. But but 
they said specifically in their ban that pregnant people cannot be held criminally or civilly liable for terminating their pregnancy. And this is a really important point. I'm going to talk about this a lot because we have Steve Marshall, Alabama Attorney General, someone from his uh, office, the spokesperson for the AG's office, said in an interview that that ban, the Human Life Protection Act, which are always <laughs> there, I swear to God, <laughs> always, that, that it does not provide pregnant people with an across-the-board exemption from all criminal laws, including the state's chemical endangerment laws. So, so in this interview, he was like, yeah, I know that the law says that we can't go after pregnant people, but I kind of disagree. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I just kind of want to. Can I, please? Can I? Can I, huh? So here's what he's talking about, though. The, M the Alabama Chemical Endangerment Statute was enacted in 2006. And it's a law that basically says don't raise your kids in a meth house, for example. Right? Like, if you do, there is liability that will attach to you as a parent. This law was not meant to attach to go after pregnant people. In fact, the very conservative Alabama legislature rejected multiple attempts to amend the law to specifically allow prosecutors to use the chemical endangerment statute to attack, to prosecute people who were pregnant for failed pregnancy outcomes. That was rejected. It's not in the statute. But would they're it doing it anyway. <laughs> they don't that they don't give a shit. They don't they're care. Doing it anyway, prosecutors have been using the state's chemical endangerment law to imprison people who use drugs and have bad pregnancy outcomes. And what's depressing to me about that, aside from the fact that we shouldn't be putting pregnant people in jail for bad pregnancy outcomes, is the way it seems to affect these people psychologically. For example, I'm thinking of Amanda Kimbrough. Yeah. Amanda Kimbrough was sentenced to 10 years in prison because of a, a bad pregnancy outcome. She gave birth to a son and her son died. Her doctor said that it was a, um, as a result of something called umbilical cord prolapse or yep. occult cord prolapse, which essentially means that when you deliver the baby, that the umbilical cord gets delivered through the birth canal along with the baby and wraps around the baby's neck and can cut off blood flow. The doctor said that's what caused Amanda Kimbrough's baby's death. But the prosecutors were like, yeah, but the meth, what about the meth? Sentenced her to 10 years in prison. And she wrote an essay a couple of years ago that I read where she made it sound like like she was very contrite, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I made this mistake and I shouldn't have done this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, honey, no. First of all, there's no evidence that the quote unquote mistake that you made had anything to do with the outcome. Second of all, even if you were just like, just doing rails and rails and rails of crystal meth, that means you need help. You don't yes. need imprisonment. You know, like we shouldn't be so cruel to people who need help. But Alabama has been doing this. And so this idea that, oh, I didn't really mean to, oh, I just. Yeah. The idea that we're, that Alabama has been consistently throwing people in jail for 10 years and then is coming out and trying to say, well, we're going to do this and then saying, no, we're not going to do this. Make up your mind, man. Do you want to yeah. present pregnant people or not? Or are you just going to lie about it? Yeah. And for folks new to the podcast, absolutely Google Imani Gandhi um, and the Kimbrough case, because as far as the journalists who were out there, she was all over this. You were reporting on this and describing and explaining for folks that this was really a canary in the coal mine a decade ago. Literally, you know, literally a decade ago. And here we are with the state attorney general's office now saying, 
this has been going on and we're going to, we're going to lean into it. We're going to really double down into it. So here it is, um, basically saying, yeah, if you use medication abortion, we are considering that as a chem as, you know, violating the chemical endangerment statute. That means potentially that if you're self-managing an abortion through medication abortion in Alabama, that could land you in jail. All right. But hey, he walked it back, right? Yeah, he I mean, walked he, it back. No big deal. He pulled an Urkel. Yeah, he was like, did I say that? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Like, like I said, make up your mind. Yeah. Do you want to put pregnant people in jail or do you not? Or do you want to do it, but you just don't want to do it out loud because, you know, people aren't really that yet popularly in the public eye. People aren't really yet on board for just tossing pregnant people in jail for bad outcomes. Yeah, here's right? the thing. I don't believe him. I don't believe yeah. him. You shouldn't. Nobody should believe him. Marshall's Nobody full of shit. Nobody should believe don't him. Don't believe him. Here's what probably happened. He went out, ran off at the mouth, was like, yeah, you know, our abortion ban doesn't uh, doesn't cover pregnant people, but you know what does? Our chemical endangerment statute. And someone was like, hey, buddy, keep that on the DL. Can you kick it? Knock Ixay that off. on the <laughs> Right? Like, I mean, he basically explained to uh, according to reports from a local Alabama uh, news station, WSFA, he explained that Alabama has this separate law involving exposure of fetus to certain chemicals, right? Yes. This separate law, the chemical endangerment law. So there would be no need to use to, to sort of criminalize medication abortion specifically, right? Because if there's some sort of chemical issue, we've got this other endangerment law. He said, if a fetus is harmed by taking other illegal drugs like narcotics, the mother can be prosecuted under the chemical endangerment law. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, for example, ingesting methamphetamine could be something that's actionable criminally. And in fact, those prosecutions have taken place in Alabama. By no means have we said we are using the FDA's rules as a way of targeting women under that old statute. To which I say, A, horseshit. Yes. And B, the fact that Alabama is using the chemical endangerment statute to put pregnant people in jail for bad pregnancy outcomes, it means that the Alabama attorney general and the prosecutors in Alabama are willing to go rogue it and does. use laws to prosecute pregnant people that weren't intended to do so. Because as Jess mentioned earlier, the very conservative Alabama legislature tried to amend the chemical endangerment law so they could prosecute pregnant people. And the, and the conservative legislature said, no, we're not going to do that. Multiple times they said no. So no, whatever Steve Marshall is saying he's planning to do or not planning to do when it comes to pregnant people, expect the worst because yeah. they will do the worst because they have been doing the worst. Ask Amanda Kimbrough. Absolutely. It's because he is the worst. Yeah. And it is no surprise that Marshall would be taking this position at this time. All right. So this guy, this, this guy, this fucking guy, <laughs> this fucking guy, <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was among a group of attorneys general. And I, I love, I get attorneys to say attorneys general. general. I, it's been a while since we've used the phrase attorneys general. I love it. It's not attorneys attorney generals. General. No, attorneys it's attorneys general. general. Like missions a impossible. <laughs> Ooh, 
I love that. <laughs> he was uh, He's among a group of attorneys general who sent a letter to the FDA commissioner complaining about the FDA policy of making abortion pills available in retail pharmacies. I mean, big surprise there. But listen, this is what he had to say with some some Easter eggs in terms of, you know, things to look out for. All right. It's my best Steve Marshall impression. <clears throat> <clears throat> The Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Food and Drug Administration's decision to abandon common sense restrictions on remotely prescribing and administering abortion-inducing drugs is both illegal and dangerous. Ding, ding, ding. In direct contravention of longstanding FDA practice and congressional mandate, the FDA's rollback of important safety regulations. Oh, I'm sorry. Restrictions. Got a little too into character there. <laughs> ignores both women's health, another big flag, and straightforward federal statutes. We urge you to reverse your decision. I'm sorry. I mean, Jesus. Look, so look, here's the thing. It would be a mistake to think in any way, shape, or form that Marshall has reversed course here. He has not. He just, as Imani said, wasn't supposed to say the quiet parts out loud. And he did. Yeah, he did. I also love the idea that this fucking, this fucking guy <laughs> <laughs> knows more about the safety of medication abortion pills than the FDA does, which approved them in 2000. And- like organizations in Europe, medical organizations in Europe that had approved it years before that, right? Like this fucking guy knows more <laughs> than a group of doctors, both here and abroad. Okay, my guy. Okay. But I have a question for you, Jess. Ugh. Is Marshall, does, if Marshall low key wants to prosecute people using the medication abortion, using yeah. medication abortion as being dangerous, some claim yes. that medication abortion is dangerous, that the FDA is wrong and fucked up in the head. Could states just ignore the FDA and criminalize the use of abortion pills, right? Like if abortion is murder in Alabama, then aren't abortion pills a murder weapon? And why can't Alabama criminalize the use of these, you know, I don't know, little abortion guns. <laughs> little abortion pill guns. We're coming for your technical pregnancy. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> what are we, what are we even doing? We are so far off the rails. The rails don't even exist. But my question to you is, can Alabama just throw up middle fingers to the FDA and be like, we don't care. Amani, I thought we were friends. <laughs> I mean, we are friends, but also you have a deep love for the administrative state and the APA. And I feel like I'm giving you an opportunity to really just express yourself. So why don't you go ahead and take this opportunity? <laughs> I just went like, I'm in vogue now. Um, uh, but So the easy answer would be um, in the normal times, yes, that there would be guardrails, that there should be something called the rule of law oh and my norms God. and procedures what? that locks states from going rogue. Right. But, you know, here we are on the SS. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> Uncharted waters. And there is really only a federal judge with the ability to just stand up to this nonsense and a will away. I don't know. I mean, truly, 
there are legal principles that should apply, right? The yeah. FDA is an authority to, has authority, is an authority to regulate in this area. It has done so. There's no reason to think that that, that exercise of authority was an abuse of discretion, was arbitrary and capricious. Ooh, you love saying like. arbitrary and capricious. See, I gave you an opportunity. All right. So there's no way. reason to think that the agency is doing anything that it can't do. Now, States can't just then go decide to redefine its own stuff in contravention to those agencies, to that federal law. And there's a constitutional principle that is related to that, right? The, the idea of supremacy, of when the federal government steps into certain areas, the states have to step back. We are in the upside down of the law, you know? And I mean, all of this is already under attack. You know, Imani mentioned one lawsuit that we'll be diving into in greater detail uh, in, the sh in the show in another episode, but there's another attack on, um, on as a birth control lawsuit, but it's related because they're making the same arguments around safety, around efficacy, around agencies' ability to regulate. And what if I told you that lawsuit was also in front of Kazmarek? Not good. Surprise. So Surprise. two lawsuits, the one he to destroy medication abortion and to destroy yes. the right to birth control, both claiming that it's some sort of chemical emergency. It's really, really bad yes. for you in contravention to what the FDA has said for medication abortion for 20 years and for birth control, however many decades beyond that. Exactly. Just and so one Trump judge gets to decide for the whole country. Yes. Yes, that that fucking guy this knows fucking more guy. about <laughs> the safety of abortifacients and hormonal birth control than the entire Craft, scientific yeah. community yeah. combined. Christ Sweet. I love it here. It's great. My favorite. Even worse than Alabama, because Alabama's what? like kind of, is being kind of wishy-washy, like, oh, we're not going to throw you in jail. Yeah, yes, we are. Just kidding. Oklahoma just uh, doesn't give a fuck. They don't care who knows that they want to imprison pregnant people. They introduced yeah. a bill, a new bill that would amend the state's abortion restrictions to eliminate language that protects pregnant people from prosecution. Let me say that again. They want to take a bill that already exempts people, pregnant people from prosecution, and eliminate that protective language so that if you induce an abortion, that's a felony charge. What induces an abortion? Medication abortion, abortion pills. So this is this is specifically targeted at people who want to self-manage their own abortions in Oklahoma. I what mean, the hell? What is going on in Oklahoma? You're Oklahoma, Jason, having grown up in Nebraska. I feel like you've got some insight. <laughs> that's amazing because that's basically like a whole regionalism war too. Like Nebraskans would never claim Oklahoma and Oklahoma would never claim Nebraska. <laughs> I'm an outsider. You're all the same to me. <laughs> oh, but what is it with Oklahoma and always being so eager to be the absolute worst out mm. of the gates with this stuff? Because, I mean, look, similar to Alabama, Oklahoma's already throwing folks in jail for stuff like this. In the po in previous episodes, we've talked about the case of Brittany Pula, a member of the Comanche Nation who is in jail right now for manslaughter after having a miscarriage. 12 weeks, not a viable pregnancy, serving a manslaughter sentence. For and, a non-viable pregnancy, like not only for a non-viable pregnancy, but as with Amanda Kimbrough, there was no evidence that Brittany Pula's use of crystal meth had anything to do with her the bad pregnancy outcome. Yeah. But, you know, you see a brown lady, you see drugs, you make assumptions. She ends up in jail. 
Yep. And here's the thing, though. Yeah. I hate to say it, but no. it's not Oklahoma because Arkansas was like, whoa, it's a party. Right. Hold my beer. <laughs> of course. All of course, right. Arkansas just logged on to the chat. <laughs> <laughs> In legislation proposed already this session, Arkansas conservatives are considering letting prosecutors charge folks for, uh, who get an abortion under the state's homicide laws. So it's modeled functionally after what is going on in Oklahoma right now. So this idea is catching on and it's catching on in state legislatures and it's catching on even if national anti-choice folks are denying it, even if they're out there in the media, in places like the Washington Post and the New York Times saying, we don't really know what's next for the future of the movement. We're just going to get together and have a good think about it. No, they're not. They no. are not. They're coming to prosecute pregnant folks. And as Amani mentioned in the last episode, all of that is going to lead to increased separation of black and brown families. It's yeah. not good. It's not good. And, not good. and and speaking to the separation of black and brown families, you're putting people in prison who already have kids in some respect. Like Amanda yep. Kimbrough is white, but she already had kids that she was trying to raise. Yep. When she had a bad pregnancy outcome that was unrelated to her drug use. But now, but then she, you know, was in jail blaming herself. Her kids were at home being raised by I don't not sure whom. Hopefully she had family members, but other people don't. Kids yep. end up in social services. Social services uh, programs in many states are just abysmal, right? Like in Texas, yep. for example, kids who age out of the foster care system there have PTSD rates similar to combat veterans. A federal yep. court found that. Yeah. So I'm not, not, not just making that up. That's like a finding of a fact. Finding of fact. So we are damaging a generation of kids by removing their parents based on bullshit, essentially. Yeah. And I find it's alarming. So that was a fun episode. Wow. <laughs> I we mean, no one expected the post-row world to be cheery, I mean, right? So fair. we're doing what we can to bring you the information, but also in a way that's not going to make you want to, you know, dive off the first floor of your stairwell. <laughs> please don't. Like, please don't just, just a little hop off the bottom step dramatically. Like, oh! Yes. Oh, uh, well, if you would like to talk to us about any of this stuff, if you want to know about my specific ways of jumping down off that first step so I can get the drama but not injure myself, you can find me on Twitter at Angry Black Lady. You can find Jess on Twitter at Hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. You should follow Rewired News Group on all of the things on Twitter, on Instagram, Soon on TikTok, which is going to be amazing, you should subscribe YouTube. to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rewired News Group. That's where you will find notifications about every time our podcast goes live on YouTube. If you're tired of looking at our silly faces, you can just listen to the podcast through your ear holes the way you always have. Google Play, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we will be. We'll be there and we'll be in your hearts. <laughs> And on that note, Jess, what are we going to do? We're going to see you on the tubes, folks. See you on the tubes, folks.